all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today we're talking about how you can make real changes in your life, really make those for real changes. Those changes that you want, make them stick. But okay, change change is not as easy as just saying, oh, snap, I'm going to make these changes. It's hard. We all know that change is hard, and we believe it. But every year, right, every year around this time, many of us vow that we'll make some changes in our lives. And then a few weeks later, we've already given up. We end up back in the same old rut. Well, why? Well, I just said it, because it's hard. It takes an effort. And so what I'm going to do today is not talk to you about what resolutions you should make, or um, how you should make them. But, but we're going to talk about this changing behavior and, and talking about how it's not just as simple as choosing to do something different and then thinking that you'll stick to it, but what you need to do to make those changes happen stick. And, and I'm, I really do want to talk to you about why, why it's hard and why I even chose this subject. So I have today Jermaine Flood as my engineer um, at the board. Good morning, Jermaine. Good Thanks morning, for being Dr. with Buttress. me. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you on any day. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. You know we're going to miss J.Y. Because yes. he's always a great voice here, yes. but you are too. So yes. excited to have you talk this topic through this topic with me. So, you know, um, what do you think about this, Jermaine? Do you, do you think change is hard, or, or have you found it easier in your life to just make some changes when you needed to? I mean, internally for myself, change is not that hard. But when, mm-hmm. you, when you couple that with somebody else who you're mm-hmm. trying to, I guess, change with or around, ah. that's when the rub happens. Oh, that is absolutely the hardest change. And it's difficult. I'm glad to hear that you you don't have as much trouble as some people do to make change. But then if you add someone else in the mix, and and for real, if you are trying to get somebody to change with you at the same time, that makes it doubly difficult. Although, uh, there's some listeners out there who might say, well, if we do it together, 
then sometimes it's easier. If you aren't dragging somebody along, if they are motivated at the same time. And so um, as we move along in the show, I really do want to talk about sort of the, the steps of change and what you have to go through to, to really make those changes stick. So let's talk before we go to that, uh, though, about the reasons change changes are so difficult. So I think if you think about it, all of us, some more than others, depending on how right or left brain we are, we all have different patterns and behaviors, and, and much of the time they become rote. You do it because that's just what you do. It's comfortable. It's easy. You don't even have to think about it. It's almost like breathing. You're going to drive to work this way. You're going to eat this for lunch. You are going to do this on Monday night or whatever. And so it, it if you don't mix things up, it's easy, right? You hardly have to think. So change takes a real conscious effort. And decision making, and and it even when you know it's the right and best thing to do, like creating healthy patterns, healthy eating patterns, or healthy drinking or sleeping patterns, um, they have to become habits for it to become something easy. So dedication um, is something. When it gets hard, you have to be determined not to give up. That's easier said than done. Um, because when it gets hard uh, and it feels uncomfortable and you're not feeling happy about what you're doing, then it's easy to just let it go and say, it's not worth it. So... What makes us stop from making those changes that might really be beneficial? And that's what I want to talk about next. And it's not going to surprise you at all what I'm talking about. But I'm going to just throw out, please feel free to jump in the conversation, listeners. I love having your calls and your thoughts about this. So join in the conversation anytime. Send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Okay. So I asked before I, I broke to give you give out that number, what makes us stop from making changes that might be really beneficial to us? Well, I already said it's hard, but why is it hard? Okay, here we go again. You all have heard me talk about these neurochemicals over and over and over again, but they are just really so very important. And I'm talking about one specifically, the neurochemical dopamine. You've heard that over and over. It's that neurotransmitter, a chemical messenger that is involved in our seeking of a reward. Okay, so we get rewarded if we feel reward, if we do something that makes our dopamine surge, then then that makes us happy. 
Okay. It improves motivation. It improves movement. Um, and it increases um, our ability to concentrate and stay goal-oriented. Okay. And so this has been, I always like to tell you guys about a, a scientific study that supports what I'm telling you. And so I, I have one, and I'll try to make it short. So, okay, researchers suspected that dopamine probably played a role in influencing how our brain evaluates whether something is worth it or not, okay? Whether a change is worth it or not, whether concentrating is worth it or not, if the reward is good enough, okay? So this scientist, uh, Michael Frank, uh, from Brown University, did a series of experiments to look at dopamines, that neurotransmitter, dopamines' role in how we're motivated, to do things and make change. And um, the National Institute of Mental Health thought it was important enough, and they supported this study to, to look at it. And so they took 50 people, adults, 18 to 43, so relatively young people, and they measured the levels of their natural dopamine in their midbrain. And then they ask people to choose between a series of memory tasks of varying difficulties. Some were really difficult mental tasks, but they were rewarded with more money, okay? So the more difficult the task, the bigger the monetary reward was, but the team found that those with higher, already higher baseline dopamine levels in the brain region that was going to help them concentrate um, chose a more difficult mental stat, task. And the, the ones with lower levels just said, nope, going to go for the easier task because I, I know I can get 10 bucks for that task, but I'm pretty certain I can't get the 100 bucks for that very dif difficult task. Okay. So, you know, they looked at that over and over again, and then they looked at, well, what if we boost people who had those lower levels of dopamine, what if we boosted their levels with medication, um, would they do better? And, and those um, medications were such that they increased levels of dopamine. And, of course, you know what they found, that they were more likely to concentrate, be able to complete the mental task, and have that reward because they were motivated to do it. It's not that that increased levels of dopamine make you smarter. It just means that it helps with motivation. So with that, I want you to ruminate on that and think about it. Um, now, we can naturally increase our dopamine levels, and I've talked about that some in the past. We'll talk about that more. We're going to talk about a little bit more about some of the other reasons that we fail in making change when we really could succeed. We're just doing it wrong. 
Okay, listeners, jump in anytime. I want to hear what changes you've made. Um, how did you make it stick if you did? And and or any questions that you have about how maybe if you're stepping through making change correctly. Thanks for staying with us. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about making changes in your life. Um, and we're not necessarily talking about New Year's resolutions, although I'm happy to talk about that. But what we're talking about in general are just changes, changes that perhaps are things that you need to do for you um, or maybe for someone else. It may mean a job change or it may mean changing a major if you're in college. It, it may, may mean making a move that sometimes can be very difficult. Or it may mean changing a pattern of behavior that you have set. Now, we, we've already talked about why so many times we, we don't want to make change because it's hard. It's hard. Um, and it takes elevated levels of dopamine and feeling reward back as you're making these changes. But there are some other reasons, not just about that neurotransmitter I always talk about, but also some other behavioral reasons that perhaps we we fail as we're trying to do something different, um, which may even mean changing learning a new skill. So let's talk about that. Um, I'll go through some of the list, and you can access these online. They're out there. Many people talk about how to make change. Um, but I, I want to go through them with you and, and just remind you to, to take the time to, to study a little bit about this. So the first mistake we often make, and Jermaine kind of, you mentioned this at the beginning of the show, um, Maybe you're trying to change too many things at once, which may mean that you're involving somebody else in the change that makes it e even that that added uphill climb. Um, you know, and let me give you an example. When you when you link two or more changes together, a failure in one make make may make the other one tumble down. Two. Okay. So it's kind of like Jenga. If you stack too many things on and you pull things out too unsteadily, then then things tend to tumble. So for for example, you decide, okay, I'm gonna lose weight. To lose weight, I'm gonna increase my exercise and I'm gonna change my eating habits. Okay, those are two big, huge, huge things, right? And so that's the wrong way to to go at it. You've got to look at something that's um, a, more of a baby step. And we talk a lot in this show about taking small steps, baby steps, instead of huge leaps because you're more likely to feel a reward if you can reward yourself after a small step rather than a huge step. 
Okay, I know that makes sense, and we can talk about that more. But I want to jump to the phones and um, hear from Judy, who is somewhere in Mississippi, to talk about some personal efforts she's making. Hey, Judy, thanks for calling in. Hello. I was scammed out of $19,000 by someone who, uh, on Facebook, claimed to be in the military and needed help. And uh, since I've always been sensitive to the military itself, I had borrowed that money, one money that I had then. And uh, luckily, the, two, the, the people are in jail now. And it was in St. Louis where they mm-hmm. located some of them. Anyway, uh, I, I paid the money back that I borrowed because, you know, I would be scamming them if I hadn't paid the money back. Mm. And... Uh, so I, I did that, and then I saved that much more back this past year for myself. That's my money. That's not not theirs or anything. And uh, now I set a goal for the next year uh, is to uh, pay some zero percent credit cards off. Uh, they're not. I've just been switching them back and forth, but I want to get rid of those and pay those off now. So. That's my other goal. So, and the way I succeeded at doing that is just writing it down, just just keeping it mm-hmm. in front of your face all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did uh, to, uh, to to be able to do that. I mean, I was just had a notebook. I wrote it down each week. I'm saving this. I'm saving this, and of course, paying my bills along too. And uh, you know, I'm proud of myself because I never. Thought I could save money, but I proved to myself I can. And so it's kind of like when you do one big thing, it leads into another big thing. And, you know, it was either uh, commit suicide or uh, pull myself back up. So that's what I decided to do. Wow, Judy. Well, I am so sorry that you had to go through that. But what you did, that's the description of being resilient. What you did is you took a terrible situation when you were trying to do something good for somebody. Isn't that sad how those scammers will do? You have a good heart. You were trying to do something good for our people in the military, and, and that happened to you. All right. I want to point out something that Judy did really beautifully, besides being resilient and and taking taking the positive way um, to move forward, is that she she set those goals. She put it out front visually to remind her, Judy, I don't know where you had it. You know, we put things on the refrigerator, on the mirror, on the TV, whatever. I'll make a uh, notebook, uh-huh. and each, each week I would decide how much I was going to save and pay that debt off. The lucky thing is that 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 I paid off was no interest, so I got it paid off before they started charging interest. Yeah, that was that was another great way to be motivated. But the uh-huh. other thing you said you did is that that you wrote down how much you were saving a day or a week instead of looking at the long haul. So knowing that you had done this, so you saved this. Um, 
was is a good way. It's those small steps of reward. And sometimes the reward is just visually seeing what you've done. But I'm a I'm a big fan of writing things down and being able to check them off, to journal them, to do whatever it takes to be able to to know that progress is being made. And that in itself can be a reward. So if you don't write it down and you say, I'm just going to do this, I'm just going to save money or whatever, you're just kind of out there in la-la land. You may be making progress, but you don't know where you are. That's that's exactly so. right. That's exactly right. So, um, Judy, thank you so much for that. And, and again, I, I want everybody to be aware. It, sadly, this time of year when everybody really has in their heart to give back and give good and do well for others, there are scammers out there who will take you take advantage of you. In fact, I actually had an email um, myself um, about that very thing, and, and they were going to send a check, but to please just send my information so that they could send that check to me. And you know, it's clearly clearly an effort to get data that they didn't need. And so just everybody, all you listeners, be aware. Um, if you if you're not sure about the charity, don't give to it. There are plenty of charities that we we know well out there that are safe places to give. And and there are plenty of people probably around you that you could pay forward and give to. So, Judy, thank, thanks for that call. I really appreciate you. And good luck during these holidays. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Well, listeners, I'd love to hear from you about um, – any any other issue like that, perhaps? And, and by the way, I do want to bring up, I'm sure that rolled up in all this change that, that Judy made and the way she's behaving with her debts and what she owes and saving and all of that was a bit of regret for having having given. So, you know, we always talk in this show about not looking back too far. Um, it's okay, though, to have regrets because many times we learn from those regrets. Don't hang on them. Don't don't wallow in those regrets. Learn from them and let that be something that helps you move forward, right? Okay. Well, let's go a little bit further on, on the uh, taking on too many things at once. Um when you are trying to make those changes. Um, so we, we talked about, for example, weight loss. So let me go a little bit further with the, the weight loss piece. So if you, instead of saying, I'm going to lose weight, so that means I have to exercise and change my diet, choose one. So let's talk about, say, eating. Okay, you're going to change the way you eat. That takes planning alone, right? Um, change. What does that mean? Change the way I eat. Does that mean um, eat more regularly? Does that mean eat res- less regularly? Does that mean take carbs out of my diet? Or does that mean 
Um, eat more fresh fruits and vegetables. So I'm not going to give you the advice on what to do. I'm going to say you have to make yourself sit down and do like Judy did. Make a Take a journal and say, what does that mean? I'm going to study on this and I'm going to decide what I can do. I will give you a, a clue. I think people think... Um, weight loss is really, really, really hard, and it's really not. Um, do you know that if you can in- decrease about 250 to 300 calories a day in your diet, you will lose weight? So you need to sit down and decide what that means. It may mean not to eat that great big bag of peanuts or to eat those two candy bars or to have, you know, all that sugar in every cup of coffee that you drink or um, do away with two sugar-loaded drinks, two, just two. So there are simple things you can do. Just sit down and write it down. Make yourself a list. Okay, I'm going to um, give another um Example of sometimes how change can be hard and what we need to do differently. Okay, the ripple effect of change. Now, that might sound good, right? The ripple effect of change. That could be good. But changing one habit may involve other smaller changes that you have to be aware of and prepared for. Okay, so back to the way you eat. So if you decide to change the way you eat, like we said, you have to choose a diet regimen. You have to study what that is. Then you have to shop for the right stuff. But then the other thing that you need to do is maybe empty out your refrigerator and your pantry or wherever you store your snacky food. Get rid of that. So the the ripple effect is that there are several things that you have to do. So maybe start starting on the back end of the ripple of change and cleaning out your refrigerator and your pantry. Maybe that's the first thing you do, right? And then ruminate on that, see how you do, and then move. So instead of um, making one broad swath at things, do little things at a time. I want to hear from you, though. Um, Judy talked about the change she made and how she did it. I want to hear from you about your successes. And, you know, I would love to hear how you did maybe baby step changes or Maybe a big one. Uh, we're talking about change today. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Jermaine Flood, and this is Relatively Speaking. And today we're talking about change. Why is it so hard? Um, sometimes it's hard because we take on too much, but let me give you another reason. Um, sometimes it's it's hard because we're unclear about the real benefits of the change. So what does that mean? That means that we haven't really convinced ourselves that anything will be that different if we do something differently. Um, maybe I'm going to stay on the, the weight 
um, issue, the healthy diet issue for a minute. Maybe it's that we haven't really sat down and talked about all the benefits of weighing less, even if you don't care what other people think about you and the way you look, even if you don't care about uh, your clothes size. Um, here's uh, an area that maybe you're not thinking through. Or if if it's all motivated about clothes size, then this maybe won't mean anything, but this could. If you are at optimum weight, if you weigh less, typically your joints hurt less it's easier on your body to move. Um, you are able to bend over better. You can um, even, now I'm, I'm getting down to the nitty gritty, you can even bathe better, okay? So being at optimum weight is, is not just for looks, and it's not just for cholesterol, although that's a great thing if you have a high cholesterol and you're overweight. But cholesterol and weight are not always 100% linked. So let's talk about that other benefit. So make yourself sit down and think about what are the real benefits of the change. Because I think sometimes people get way too motiva motivated by just making a change, and then there's not going to be a real benefit behind it. For example, buying a bigger house that may sound awesome you know that change is great I'm going to have a bigger house I'm going to have a lot more room I'm going to be able to buy more stuff and then people forget about the fact that it's going to be a bigger house payment perhaps you are moving from a very convenient location to a very inconvenient location perhaps you might have more room for stuff but you really don't need it nor um, can you afford it. So change is not always good. You have to think about the motivation and the real reasons for change, and then you have to decide whether that's going to be beneficial or not. Okay, we're going to go back to the phones because Lisa has a comment about baby steps that I want to hear. Hi, Lisa. Hey, how you doing today? Great. Thanks um, for calling. Yeah, you were talking about baby steps, and I, I know this isn't real major, I guess, but in my book it was. Um, I was a heavy caffeine drinker in the sense of diet drinks, and I am overweight and have some underlying conditions. So January 16th of this year, uh, I decided I was going to stop drinking these diet drinks because they said that the more you take in, the more it might trigger your other eating habits, such mm -hmm. as snacks. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was a twofold thought in my head, and, and uh, I felt like, you know, maybe if I cut out the diet drinks and worked real hard at that, it might cut out the snacks to a certain extent. And I was successful. January 16th, it was a landmark day for me. I can remember the date, and I do have memory issues. So that was an impressive date to me because I really did stop drinking um carbonated drinks altogether. I don't even drink like Sprite or 7-Up, you know. Wonderful. Uh, I just stopped, yeah, I just stopped altogether. And um, and I, I did notice a decrease in, in the, the desire to drink, I mean, eat other snacks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and the other thing I've done recently is because of my age and because of the medications I'm on, um, they have a tendency to dry me out. 
you know, like uh, my eyes get real dry, my throat, my mouth, everything like that right. is a side effect. So I used to work in the health field, and I know that a lot of people, especially older ones, elderly ones, are always being hospitalized due to dehydration. So I said, I wonder if, you know, I could be getting to that point because of the medications I'm on and drinking water, you know. So I found this cute little app, free app, you know, that reminds me to drink water. And it said something about divide your weight in half. And whatever the number is, that's what how many ounces a day you should be drinking to keep your body hydrated. Mm -hmm. So I started trying to reach that goal. For a couple of days, I might reach the full <laughs> amount. But I have totally increased my water intake and noticed a difference in my skin texture. Uh -huh. uh, and so I know, you know, that it, I must've been, you know, you know, my skin was drier and all that mm -hmm. before I started all the water intake and everything. And since I don't drink sodas, you know, the water is a replacement. I don't really drink a lot of tea, um, and things like that. Cause I only like real sweetened tea. So, and I don't need the sugar, I'm diabetic. So, but I really, the small steps you're talking about, you know, yeah. okay, I've got the soda under control and getting the water under control. And maybe this coming year I might, well, I've also included eating more soups, homemade soups than other items. So, you know, maybe I could see a better way of changing my diet slowly uh, for the future. But those small steps do make a difference. In, and it is easier to concentrate on a small step than it is a big step because I was working at the time I started the soda deal and there was a lot of stress on my job. And I'm one of those stress eaters and uh -huh. Uh -huh. Diet, diet soda was my, my crutch. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to call it a crutch. Mm -hmm. uh, I, the more stressed I got, the more I drank like yeah. that. Yep. So, um, and of course, along with the diet soda, I was probably eating a snack too with it, you know, cause I'm a stress eater, but I found that once I really made a heartfelt decision in just about the soda and was able to stick with that and think about it, and it was difficult because I thought everybody else was drinking sodas, you know. Yeah. You go in a grocery store, and there's the first thing is the soda aisle, right, you know, the refrigerated drink. And it was the hardest thing at first. It took me months to yeah. really yeah. overcome that desire when I walk into a store. Yeah. Lisa, you have pointed out the exact right thing to do. You took something very, very specific, but you you also are completely right. I just want to reiterate a couple of things. Um, I think people forget that that diet drinks like that um, do have this artificial sweetener, and there is some evidence with some of the artificial sweeteners that they can be somewhat harmful to your body. Plus, the thing that Lisa pointed out, people never think about, is that if you get used to those very um, sweet taste, then your body is reinforced and wants more of that sweet. There have been studies that have shown that, that it it's very, it just reinforces the need for more sweet. And so everything that you eat is not artificially sweetened. And so then you you crave those desserts and 
even, you know, sweetening vegetables and things like that. So you want to be careful about that. So, but, but perfect example of baby steps that will show a reward and also reap benefits. So, Again, just like Lisa did, sit down, determine what one thing can I do that will be beneficial. Um, how can I do that? And and then have absolute resolve. Also, you're going to have to come up with a, a substitute, most likely. So Lisa substituted water. <laughs> That's very, very good. And then to also take stock of any other small change that you can make. So congratulations, Lisa. It sounds like you've done exactly what the experts write about, what to do, how to make change happen. So well, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking my call. And I Hope everyone has a a good day, and, uh, you know, small changes do make a difference. Thanks, Lisa, and happy holidays to you. Thank you for adding to the show. You really did. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Um, Before we go to our final break, I want to talk about um, just one other piece of those of making changes and the things that we do wrong, and I think everybody knows this. You stop trying too quickly. You abandon the effort too quickly. Now, I have heard this. I'll give you an example because this is an example from somebody that's near and dear to my heart um, who um, had some some issues with osteopenia, so low bone density, okay, um, from lack of exercise somewhat, but also from other issues that, that were there. And so one of the things that there were also some arthritic kind of problems. One of the things that the doctor recommended was exercise, some increased exercise with some weight bearing. Well, that individual that I love and care about tried it um, twice, the exercise class that this person went to once, the next day very sore, and so complained about it, thought I'll go one more day, went, and then was still sore and said, I can't do this. I'm abandoning this. Um, It's too hard. Well, now, again, first of all, the mistake was – not doing a little priming and going into the exercise too hard, too fast, too much. So to start with baby steps, it might be 15 minutes of exercise rather than an hour. So I think, again, what we forget is that a little bit is more than we've been doing. So do at least a little bit, and then that way... It'll be easier, those incremental. It's kind of like what we do with medication. Do you always start medication on the highest possible dose that you can take? 
Well, I hope not. I hope most physicians always start on the lowest possible effective dose and then to gradually go up in baby steps. So the same thing should be there for just about everything. Um, You know, you can do it with um, over-drinking alcohol. You can do it with smoking. Um, You can do it with almost any habit that you want to change is to make yourself think about those smaller steps that will help you achieve that huge leap ultimately. All right. I'll tell you about some other tricks of the trade. Thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Jermaine Flood today as my engineer, producer. Um, Jermaine, any thoughts as we are moving to our final minutes about change? I felt like you had been talking to me the whole time and the callers (laughs) as well. Um, When it came down to taking baby steps, that was a big thing. And also not getting lost in the weeds. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to like me wanting to lose weight, what I want to do is consider exercise, healthy eating, and I have to have a matching outfit. And then once... Once all of that goes down, then I'm not exercising at all because I've just gotten too lost in the weeds. Yeah. But like your friend, I had taken um, I I was taking baby steps with my exercise maybe before pandemic. And I was doing a small class, a swim class. But then I saw a high intensity class that was on the schedule. So I decided to do that one day during lunch. And um, I never went back. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. That can happen. And that's why you just have to remind yourself where you are and, and who you are and and accept that. And know that you can still make a change. It doesn't have to be a giant leap. And that's that's where, yeah. Now, I get your matching outfit. I, think, I know it. I know it. You, know you get do. so down to the little ticky things. But, yeah. I mean, I think, too, when you look at New Year's resolutions, everybody's always asking you, what are you going to do for the new year? And I think everybody wants to take their change in that manner, like mm-hmm. this day, the first Everything is going to happen and right. everything is going to change. And that can be overwhelming. It it really can. And, uh, you know, just um, one other quick thing is that, um, you know, environment can often trigger um, what's going on, too. So, you know, just being in the same environment that you're always in can make it more difficult for change. So if you can get away from some of the temptation, um, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, clean out that pantry, clean out that refrigerator, get rid of it. Start shopping on the outside of the grocery store where you're eating fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, doing that kind of simple thing um, can be pretty big and make pretty, pretty impressive changes. So let's talk about a couple of other things. Um, I think Jermaine sort of tagged it. Uh, Jumping in on January the 1st is sometimes all wrong. But to make some preparations, say January 1 or January 5th or whatever it's going to be, 
I'm going to start making preparations for doing this. And then do, like one of our early callers, I believe it was Judy, um, talked about journaling. Write down what you're going to do and then look at it. I think it's really important to have a visual. Now, she kept it in a journal, but many times people like putting it on their mirror, that reminder, okay, on this day, this is happening, and on this day, this is happening. And to to make yourself keep in mind how small those steps can be that will help you achieve one much big, larger step as we're moving through making change. So, you know, all in all, the the good news is whatever we want to do, we can do it. It may take a while, and that's okay not to be able to make giant leaps. Um, you know, I, every time I think about giant leaps for mankind, I think about the moon. But but here down on Earth, the honest truth is we can take one small step for ourselves and then make giant leaps later. So I hope everybody has a, a wonderful, wonderful holiday season and stays safe. If you are alone and feel lonely, please take time to, to reach out and let people know um, you're there. If you know someone who might be lonely, please reach out to them, if you will. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and funded as providing by in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center. If you'd like to hear the show again or any past episodes, you can certainly listen to the podcast on your favorite app by searching Southern Remedy, Relatively Speaking. This show is a production of MPB Think Radio, engineered by Jermaine Flood, call screener by Charles Arnold. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.